Good morning, good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's the Plank Show. He, my friends, is Connor Pasby. I'm Josh Elmer, hanging out with you for the next three on this Cheez-It Bowl Eve. We did it. We made it. The game we've all been waiting for all season long. Here it is. The Cheez-It Bowl versus Florida State. Connor, what's up, man? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How was your How was your night last night? It was good. Uh, your viewing plan last night or your viewing actions. Did you stay up? Did you watch Wisconsin-Oklahoma State? I uh, I made it till, till halftime, and I called it quits. Just based on that first half, how it went, I'm like... 24-7? Yeah, I'm not going to enjoy this second half. There'll be... There's just no reason to stay up for it. Yeah. It looked like it was going to be a route, and then Oklahoma State had a couple of chances to make it interesting. and Well, did make it interesting, but couldn't get that that final stop. I do think Oklahoma State got a little bit of a quarterback problem going into uh, next season. Yeah, I don't think think Rangel is uh, the answer just based on watching him. And then the few games he did play in the regular season was not pretty either. We'll get into the latest Mike Gundy rant at some point this morning, but with the Cheez-It Bowl now officially right here in front of us, Florida State, Jordan Travis, the Seminoles on an uptick this season, winners of, what is it, I I think five straight to close the, uh, five straight to close the season, and Jordan Travis is somebody that's on, you know, your Heisman shortlist out there for 2023. It's a Florida State team that, is taking this thing, we think, right, we think publicly what they're saying, that they're taking it seriously, at least based on just opt-outs. This game for Oklahoma has, it's got a much different feel than, say, I don't know, the last two versus versus Florida and Oregon, where neither one of those two opponents seemingly put a whole bunch of stock into the game. Thibodeau didn't play in last year's game. Meanwhile, you flip the script to this season and you've got somebody who maybe isn't going to go quite as high but I was looking at pro football focuses they they released their latest mock draft this morning and verse was fifth on their mock draft so look Kayvon Thibodeau this time a year ago was getting some mocks as the the number one overall pick or number two pick he, he was right there top of the draft board right but verse not too far off from from that for Florida State. So Florida State is taking this thing seriously, we think, right? Trying to springboard into next season. With that in mind, does that add much to this game for you? Or are you just are you Valero Alamo bold out on this deal? Have you been desensitized to the importance of bowl games for the Sooners? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to end the game with a win and obviously take it seriously. I mean, these are two big-time programs going at it. But just based on looking at Florida State, they only got one opt-out compared to uh, several from Oklahoma big-time players, Eric Gray and offensive tackle Antoine Harrison. We'll see how that goes, see if OU can be able to run the football. Because when you look at this Florida State team, I mean, it all starts with Jordan Travis, but Man, they got a three-man rushing attack, Josh, as well, with guys who have similar uh, reps in the backfield for the Seminoles. So it'll be interesting to see how the running game for Florida State goes against the defensive line that's a little short-handed for uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, Trey Benson's a pretty good one. 6'1", 215-pound back that's 
Eh, let's just round up. Let's say that he's got 1,000 yards on the season. He's right there in the neighborhood, 141 carries, 965 yards, and nine scores. I, I do think that for me, it has to add a little bit, right, that Florida State is putting as much seemingly into this thing as they are. So if you're able to go out and win this game, it is different than the the past two versus Florida versus Oregon. I'm not going to – look, I'm not going to get super carried away off a of bowl victory, and I won't sit up here and sing the idea to you all morning long that magically a win over Florida State erases a six-loss regular season in the debut for Brent Venables. We all, we all are aware that's not the case, though it, it does fuel the flames, feed the flames of some optimism heading into this offseason, and ultimately for Oklahoma, that's probably what this game is about. But that's kind of where I wanted to start today and what I wanted to drive some of the conversation with on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That's what the game's about to me, right, is, okay, Florida State is taking the game more seriously than other bowl opponents in recent memory for Oklahoma and, oh, by the way, it's a Florida State program that seemingly has a little bit of momentum, seemingly has a little bit of juice to it, has won five straight to close the season, and uh, there's excitement there that all of a sudden they're going to be a factor next season in the ACC, that they have a Heisman-caliber type quarterback, maybe, maybe, in Jordan Travis. So with all of that in play for this cheese it Bowl, I do think that win and it creates some legitimate optimism that especially in the fashion of how you win the game if Oklahoma is able to do so defensively if you're much much improved with the essentially month-long set of extra practices then guess what that is going to that's going to fire up the narrative of this offseason that see look look Brent Venables can coach defense. I told you Brent Venables can coach defense. We knew it was a matter of time until he and this staff started getting things figured out. Look what they did to Jordan Travis. So, to me, that's really what's at stake in the game, right? I, I get it. First, uh, avoid the first losing season, dating back to 1998. That's important in terms of the social media graphics. In the larger scheme of things, how important necessarily is that? I don't know. It's it's a nice little bragging rights tool beyond that if uh, you finish seven and six versus six and seven it's a lot different I'm, seven and six and six and seven it is but it's not right I mean it's it's going to be a disappointing season for a lot of folks regardless it, it allows you to me to finish the season on an on a positive note and perhaps to have some optimism going into next season but what does it mean to all of you that's that's kind of what I want to kick around this morning how important is the difference between well just a winning season and a losing season for Oklahoma seven and six or six and seven in terms of the win-loss that's what's at stake for the Sooners and at least for one recruiting class I've kind of been harping on this for a little bit here that and you know late Peyton Bowen flip and just keeping all the other recruits in tow would maybe argue against this, but I kind of chalk a little bit of some of that up to still the excitement, the year one factor for Brent Venables and this staff. At some point, you have to start winning. You can't lose six or seven games in a season and finish with a top five recruiting class. I think, right? I think. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like that's 
on any sort of factual authority either because in the age of name, image, and likeness and with the Crimson and Cream Collective, seems like Oklahoma's doing some good things over there. So maybe just based off reputation and the track records of Brent Vittables and this staff, they can even rip off one more downer year and still put together a top five, top three type recruiting class. We're, yeah, we're pretty fortunate to have a top eight class just based on everything that went down this year. Uh, you don't want to have another 7-5 and 6-6 six and six season and then see what kind of recruiting class you can have for the next season. I know fans don't want to see that again. What does it mean for you, Connor? What is the game most about for you? I just want to see younger guys step up. I mean, you're going to have a lot of young guys play, get a lot more reps, and hopefully they can take advantage of that and play well. It's going to be a big test for sure. I mean, this is a team that's really hot. Like you said, won five in a row. I think they're overhyped a little bit, a little overranked. They beat LSU before LSU got on a run uh, early in the season. That was in week two, I believe. So, I mean, the big key is you just got to stop uh, Jordan Travis and don't let him get loose because he's a guy that can hurt you in the ground game as well. And, man, I, I just want to see them dominate up front. The defensive line, uh, for sure, you'll have Jalen Redman out, who's the next guy that's going to step in into that interior uh, defensive line role. Snuck past LSU early in the season. 24-23 was the final in that game. And uh, Jordan Travis was, well, the better of the two quarterbacks between himself and Jaden Daniels and Florida State able to, to win that one. The All-State-Louisiana kickoff, as it were. Well, and that's, that's probably their best win on the season, wouldn't you say, for Florida State? That early in the year, yeah, because you're or, lost. or maybe against Florida, but we just saw Florida get ran off the field against Oregon State in the bowl game. Well, and I mean Florida's a six and seven football yeah. team, yeah. So if uh, if that's one of your best wins, I <laughs> I know everybody was they, uh, they have really good losses. They don't have any uh, really good wins. Florida does. I mean, they, they they do have, save for the the loss at Vanderbilt, everything else is pretty good. Kentucky. Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, Florida State, and uh, Oregon State. Now, not the fashion in which they got beat, but uh, just the opponent itself is is not altogether bad. And they got that win over Utah. Remember when Florida was supposed to be yeah. uh, one of the best teams in the SEC based off that win over Utah? They went from unranked. Uh, they put them, I believe, in the top 15 after the win against Utah. Then it did not go well after that. What else would be in the conversation? LSU, Florida. And then, yeah, there's just a whole lot of just okay on the rest of the schedule. Louisville, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, Louisiana. Those are the other wins. And the good losses, Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson. There you go for the losses. No credit for for good losses. No, that's not how we do it. Though though, uh, NC State and Clemson were both one-score losses. I sort of... I don't think uh, Florida State is one of the nation's elite teams. I've said leading up to this that, to me, they're exactly where they should be ranked. It's a team that lost three straight versus Wake Forest, North Carolina State, and Clemson, and is a top 15 team, right? I don't know that they're a top 10 team, but uh, I I don't think they're any worse than a top 15 team going into this thing, and that's right where they're ranked. Uh, You know, every single poll that you look at, that's that's the neighborhood that Florida State's at. Thirteenth in the the 
CFP, 13th AP Top 25. Let's see, coaches 13th. 13th across the board, right? Well, to me, yeah. that's about right. Well, and they're a complete team. That's what's keeping them in the top 15. On offense, they can run the ball, throw the ball in the air with Jordan Travis, and they are just really sound on defense. They do a great job of uh, stopping the run as well. So underway, Plank Show here with you on this Cheez-It Bowl Eve. No, not necessarily the, the bowl game that all of us signed up for initially, though the Sooners got a better date than maybe they deserved in some ways with a 6-6 six and six regular season. They get a good opponent in Florida State. How good is Florida State in your mind? What type of challenge is this for Oklahoma? I want to hear from the people today as we count you down to uh, to game day tomorrow right here on the Ref Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. And then uh, the big question this morning is uh, a simple one, I think. What's at stake for Oklahoma in your mind? What is uh, on the line for the Sooners? There's several storyline candidates out there to keep a winning season streak intact would be, uh, I think, a lot of people's answers. Maybe it's just culturally for Brent Venables and the staff to continue to lay the foundation. Maybe it's as simple as ending on a high note for Oklahoma. What say you? Let's uh, chop it up. Let's kick it around this morning. We got a, a long way to go, plenty of time to hang out with you, and uh, would love to hear from you this morning. The Riverwind Casino jackpot line, all yours, 405-329-9000. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. Connor Pasby is alongside. I'm Josh Elmer. We call this the Plank Show. Let's hear from you. Let's chop it up. Let's have a good morning. And, uh, man, I guess let's visit Mike Gundy's latest, greatest rant. Yikes. Look over here. Look over here. Don't look at this horrible quarterback play and terrible <laughs> offense. Let's talk firings next right here. It's the Plank Show. Home of Sooner fans. The Spinners. Nice. Very nice. Good morning. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. It's the Plank Show right here, home of Sooner fans. Hour number one, they'll be around for you as well. Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com, where you can check them out. Good for new or replacement fencing. They're, they're ready for you. Financing available, 405-735-1167. Kendall, don't, don't get like that on the bumper music. Don't hate on the spinners. That was a good tune. I liked it. Are you an oldies fan? No, I am not. I mean, that was just I've, next I've up honestly, in the YouTube queue. Yes, Is that what was. happened? Yes, it was next up. It looked it looked <laughs> suggested. Cool. It looked cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wound up being a good choice, right? Wound up being a good choice. Let's hit up the Air Comfort Solutions text line before we go to the phone lines. Here, I see you, True. Hang on, just one uh, one extra tick or two here. Air Comfort Solutions text line six five one. That's 405-651-3439. Sean says, it's important to win. It's important to have a winning season. It's why you play the games, to win them. Sorry, it's uh, not about suits and soul. Also, 6-7 and seven ruins the Bob went 7-5 and five Colt excuse. That's true. That's he also, true. He also said Oklahoma beat one team with a winning record, so any op- opponent is a challenge. And we do have one win in the top 25. Came against the Kansas Jayhawks. Josh Homer. Sean says, uh, also answer that a 6-6 six and six next year doesn't get you a top 10 class. 
going to get you a new coach very quickly, according to Sean, which uh, I, I'm optimistic that you're going to see some, not necessarily not necessarily tomorrow night in the Cheez-It Bowl, but I do expect Oklahoma to be much improved next season in, in some ways just because I don't think they can be much worse defensively. So if nothing else, then you, you should see improvement. Obviously, the uh, Dylan Gabriel decision, that's one that you'd like to get ironed out. I do think Arnold could step in and be pretty good straight away, but uh, obviously getting him one year of seasoning, you'd uh, you'd like that. Let's check out what did uh, Brazilian Sooner say. Brazilian Sooner says, just hoping to see major improvement in our run defense and some new faces on offense for next season. That's something we can we can talk about this morning. Younger players that offensively and defensively that you're most excited to see in this game. I mean, the the matchup against Verse is going to be gigantic. Gigantic for for Oklahoma in this game. How how can you how can you perform over there? How can you hold up against somebody that look is going to be a top 5 top 10 draft pick with somebody that really hadn't played, Connor. <laughs> that's that's going to be a massive storyline in this game. And you know, the good news for Oklahoma is if it goes well, then all of a sudden you say, okay, well, this is going to be all right with Jacob Sexton going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's one of the few younger guys that can step up, and he's going to get a lot of playing time and see how he holds up against a big uh, defensive line, a really good defensive line that Florida State has. It's it's really going to be a challenge to see if they if those new faces can step in and see if they can uh, run run the ball well. Question this morning, what do you – What's at stake? What do you want to get out of this game for Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl versus Jordan Travis and Florida State? What about True Sooner? What's he got to say on the Riverwind Casino call-in line? You can chime in, too, 405-329-9000. You don't have, it doesn't have to be, as our man BFC likes to say, Sports Text 1400. You can call in the old-fashioned way. We will take phone calls this morning. True, what's up, man? Good morning. This is the old-fashioned way, like the spinners. This is like Rubber Band Man. You guys, Rubber <laughs> Band Man. Like, oh yeah, great rubber song. Band Man. So you know, this isn't the, the the new fangled thing. This is the way it's supposed. To, you know, sports talk radio. It's not sports text radio. That's right. You so, know? would you describe yeah, yourself as uh, sort of an ardent spinners fan? Oh, I like their. They they had some great. I mean, you know, they're 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 before my time. I mean, they were. You know, I mean, I was I was you know in grade school when they were you know, doing their stuff. But, yeah, they're, they they have a lot. You, you got you to dive into their – if you like Motown at all, you got to dive into their uh, their greatest hits collection. You'd like it. Motown's pretty good. Sure. Motown's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, uh, so, okay, if we're to buy in to all of Brent's um, things, for lack of a better term. Brent-isms? Isms. You know, this game is important. I mean – you can't have a six and six team say that the game is not important, and a nine and three team saying it's, it's important. I mean that you can't have the thirteenth ranked team in the country saying it's important, and a team that's not ranked saying it's not important. And thing about it is, this team has not been able to hang on to any momentum that they that any any little momentum they've caught lightning in a bottle at all this year at all, uh, whether beating Kansas or. You know, uh, you know, winning some of the games, looking better in the OSU game, and then turn around and then look crappy the next. They, they've not been able to hang on to any momentum. This is your opportunity. 
after coming off of this class they just got with the uh, Bowen flip-flop and, you know, the you know the top five class, all that stuff. This is their chance to win a game. I mean, if, if, if we're to buy into Brent's wholeness of the team and wholeness of culture and all this, this has got to, they've got to go out to try to win this game. I'm not saying they're not trying to win it, but a lot of the local narrative around here is that, well, they might as well not even show up. They're going to get blown out. I mean, this they've got to they've got to be all in for this game. I think. And I think that it's a good sign when you got somebody like Ethan Downs saying what he's been saying, right? And that makes somebody like Deshaun White and older veteran guys on this team, especially somebody like Deshaun White, happy, right? That look, this is this is. Keep in mind, Deshaun White, I don't know that, true, he had this uh, guaranteed NFL future this time a year ago, but he chose to come back because he he believed in playing for Brent Venables, right, in what this right, program right. was going to turn into, in what playing, I think, under Venables could do for him personally, for his football future. And I don't, you know, I actually think Deshaun White's had pretty good season, I think, uh, him moving over to the Cheetah and challenging himself in that regard. I think he's had a pretty good year, right, with the the switch and everything. But to him, in terms of the team's success, definitely probably not what he signed up for, right, to come back and all of a sudden it's the worst season that the program has had in a quarter century and certainly in the time that you've been at Oklahoma. So for somebody like Deshaun White and others that would be of uh, the similar veteran ship for Oklahoma, it's nice to hear in Ethan Downs come out and say, look, this game's important to us. This is about the mm-hmm. reputation of Oklahoma. It's about finishing with a winning record. And I kind of I kind of boohooed all over a little bit the seven and six versus six and seven. I mean ultimately is it uh is it a massive, massive difference? No, but uh, in terms of the social media graphics, it looks nice, right, to uh, to be able to say we're the only program yeah. since uh, 98 that hasn't had a losing season or one of X amount of programs that hasn't. So from that standpoint, well, look, I, I get it. It's important. But uh, ultimately, is that going to drastically alter 2023? Is it going to reshape the 24 recruiting class? No, I'm not going to sit here and, and sell that idea today. But you'd, you'd like to win, right? You'd like to end this thing on a positive note. If you have any heart, man, at all, you've got to go out and win this game. And Florida State, I mean, what, what would their record be if they were in the Big 12? Let's be honest. I don't I know. Mean, be, it's so hard to compare conferences. Nine, they wouldn't be 9-3. and three. Not, not. I mean, they're in the ACC. They're not – it's not like we're playing Alabama or Tennessee or somebody like that. But, I mean, this – I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying – I guess I am trying, but I, I just don't – I just don't have that much respect for them. And I think that, yeah, their defense is good. But offense can score, you know, they, they've been able to score on anybody this year as long as DG's been playing. But is there is there real smoke to this DG thing, or is this is this simply I want a little limelight here at the end of the year and I want to have a, a hat party, or is this is there really any smoke to this? I don't know. I, I don't. And why would there be? Why would there be? Where would he, is he talking about leaving to go to another school, or is he talking about going to the – what is the – or is there no talk? Initially, I would say that probably I was on the side of there's not a ton to it, but I don't know. The, the longer that there's no commitment for next season and no finality to the is he staying, is he going, 
there's on some level there's got to be something to it, right? Whether I mean, if it's as simple as there's going to be some sort of media push from him to kind of push his DG the brand, that that part would make sense, right? That you'd make a little bit more out of it, but. I don't know. I mean, seems like maybe he's legitimately thinking about not coming back. I, I think that he will when it's all said and done because, frankly, I don't think he's getting drafted if he tries to go to the NFL draft. So that part makes me feel like he's coming back. I don't think he's transferring anywhere because, I mean, where is he going to wind up, True, where he's, he's going to have a better situation than with Jeff Levy? Yeah, he's Levy's guy too. Right? It'd be like Caleb Williams telling Lincoln that he's not, he's not going to USC with him. I'd be very right. surprised if he's not back, but I, I, it would also be, I guess where I'm at with it is, I'd still be surprised if he's not back, but the longer this has gone on has taken me more in the direction of, hmm, is he really thinking about not coming back? So that's, I guess, I sort mean, of where I'm at with it. Where would he go, OSU? <laughs> I mean, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but, but I mean, where, where would he <laughs> He'd go? He'd be the definite starter at Oklahoma them. State with <laughs> no challengers. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. Hey, you too, buddy. We could keep it rolling on the phone lines. What's this game about for you for Oklahoma versus Florida State? Maybe uh, maybe I need to put more into this thing, Connor. I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to not make this thing life or death for Oklahoma, but maybe we just need to just jump right into the deep end of the pool. Maybe it needs to be another life or death experience as an Oklahoma fan, right? Let's I mean, do come it. on. Are we even are we even approaching this game seriously enough if it's not wildly important? If I don't spend the next two and a half hours selling you on why this game is make or break for Oklahoma. Well imagine imagine saying a game against a top fifteen opponent in a bowl game is not a big deal. I don't I'm tired of that crap saying that oh you shouldn't come out here and play hard and shouldn't treat it as much of a big deal. This is a really big game against Florida State. You got this is two really big uh programs uh going at it. I know it's a cheese it bowl. You're not this wasn't where you wanted to be at the end of the season, but you're still playing a really good football team. Well and I still like to live in the world that every time you play matters. I've always maybe come around a little bit closer to the idea that, okay, the Valero Alamo Bowl eh, didn't really necessarily translate. Went over Florida, mm, you know, did it totally translate to the idea, okay, maybe not. But, man, when you're playing the bowl game and it's somebody like a Florida State that is a top 15 team, you want to win the game, right? Regardless of whether or not it's going to keep a winning season intact for you or on and on and on. You, you want to win the game because you're playing the game. And it does matter because every game that you can win matters. There you go. Here from the 405, rooting for a Cheez-It national title for OU. <laughs> yes, we, we want like the Cheez-It national championship. There's only one team that's going to get it this year. Only one team's going to get that Cheez-It national championship. We'll keep rifling through your responses. Share you some of the media availabilities as well. What are the... Sooners, what are the Sooner players and coaches saying about this thing before we get it going? And uh, at some point, I don't know when, I don't know for how long we're going to spend on it, but yes, there was uh, a prototypical Mike Gundy moment last night. It's the Plank Show right here, home of Sooner fans. Back with you right after this. Oh, it's a busy day. Busy bowl game slate. 
four for today. UCF Duke. That is one o'clock on ESPN. The Military Bowl. Kansas, Arkansas. Well, everything's ESPN except for the Oregon-North Carolina game on Fox. Kansas, Arkansas. AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Uh, Two different uh, tales right here, right? Arkansas, pretty disappointing season. Kansas, hey, baby, we're happy to be here. Finally. What did you say? You did not have your microphone hot. I said, I was saying, for Kansas, we made it. We made it to a bowl we game. Made Finally. It. Finally. Is it uh, 14 years removed for them in a bowl game? 13? 13. 13, yes. No, I, nine they didn't go. Yeah, maybe they did. Whatever. 13, 14 years. It's been a long time for Kansas. We can all agree on that. We're, start, we're starting to get some good bowl games now. It started... I guess you could say last night with two Power 5 teams going at it. It was so bad it was entertaining. Yeah, so bad. Oh, my gosh, the field, man. There were so many guys tripping and falling. You were asleep in the second half, but when Oklahoma State – When Rangel slipped. Yeah, did the splits. (laughs) Yeah, he he did the splits. He was rolling out to the right and just completely lost his footing. Just like, oh, man, this is not going well. No one around him and just does does the splits. (laughs) That really sort of just epitomized a lot of the night right there. It's like, ugh, starting to feel kind of bad for the kid. I know that most Oklahoma fans won't agree with that, but yikes. This this thing's not going well. He did redeem himself for a, a moment, though, with the little Patrick Mahomes-ish flip into the end zone. A little improv work was pretty nice, but not enough. They lose. Wisconsin. What uh, A lot of people have been asking the question, what did you think of Fickle being around for the game? I'm. I'm. Which, not, there you go. Right, right on cue. As soon as we're talking about it, did you all think it was weird that Luke Fickle was coaching last night? Seemed odd to me. That's been uh, one of the big talking points with the game. What What do you think about it? It, uh, it is weird. I'm. I'm not a fan of that at all. A coach that hasn't been with the team all season. I know he's not quotation marks the head coach for that ball game, but he's still on the sidelines and has a headset and he's involved with all the plays. That just doesn't sit right with me. I'm not a fan of that at all. Why do you think you feel that way? Just because that's how it's always been? Well, and yeah, and you have an interim head coach coming in to coach that bowl game. I mean, let him get the spotlight for, you know, that game and just wait till after the season uh, to get Luke Fickle uh, ready for Wisconsin. But And then Luke Fickle does the halftime interview as well, which <laughs> I, didn't, I just don't like that. Yeah. The, the last coach – I don't know where I saw this at, but the last coach to do that Sonny was Dykes. Sonny Dykes at SMU. Yep. Literally, literally two days after he got the job, he coached in the bowl game. Yeah, I don't know that I'm super fired up that, oh, you know, how dare Fickle do that. Uh, like Brent Venables being on the sidelines okay, yeah, but his Alamo Bowl yeah, for the he wasn't, he wasn't around, like, anybody and wasn't around, like, with the play calls and didn't have right, a headset he, on. No, yeah, he stood off to the side and made it very clear he wasn't coaching the game, right? He was there strictly to scout. I don't have, uh, you know, necessarily strong opinions one way or the other. I actually thought it was kind of cool and sort of a change of pace, but I do understand the argument that, Look, you got an interim coach, and then you've got you know the rest of the coaching staff that they've been in the war all season, right? They've fought each and every battle. They've been in the war, and they've been a part of the practices building up to the game. 
So let them coach the game. Now, from the other standpoint, I, I kind of look at it and say, well, just because that's how everybody's always approached this doesn't mean that Fickle's necessarily in the wrong. If he feels like, hey, I want to get in here and get my hands dirty a little bit and figure out what the heck's going on with each and every last piece of personnel, then just because coaches in the past haven't done that doesn't mean necessarily that uh, outright it's wrong. Though, there's a long, long track record of coaches kind of feeling like that's not necessarily the appropriate approach, and there's probably good reasons for that, right? And and another thing that went down yesterday, too, is with the Coastal Carolina quarterback, McCall, uh, playing in the game when he's entered the transfer portal and he will not be with the team next season. That doesn't sit well with me either. Sean says, I commend Fickle. He wasn't afraid to take the L. He was not. He was afraid to go either grab the glory of a dub or take the uh, frustration of a loss. After that Oklahoma State touchdown, Fickle was on the early hot seat. (laughs) Yeah, he was. There's no doubt. Yeah, he was on the uh, Marcus Freeman blows the big lead to Oklahoma (laughs) State hot seat. See, that's what I'm saying. We need more of this. I I think we need more of it. More conversations taking us into the offseason. It's offseason. It's good what, stuff. What do you uh, so? What do you think about McCall playing in the bowl game when he's in, when he's entered the transfer portal? So, you know, really, we've dealt with some of this at Oklahoma too. So, put the depth chart out yesterday, just because Plank and I were talking about it, and there were some peculiarities with the depth chart. For example, Andrew Rame, who had, I, I think, season-ending surgery. And yeah, well, they said he's not playing in the bowl game. Well, there you go. It listed atop the depth chart at center. So I don't know if that was just same with oversight. Mar- Marcus Major, right? Same, same with Marcus Major. Yes, he's and, not. You know, so the depth chart that Oklahoma released that you know neither one of those makes sense from that standpoint. Yeah, we Rame's not playing in the bowl game. We think Major, right? Not playing in the bowl game. Uh, what else was peculiar? Josh Ellison, Ellison entered the transfer portal. Yeah, least. entered the portal, and he was he was on the depth chart. Now, and that's where I was going with this. You can enter the transfer portal, and if the coaching staff is cool with it, you haven't given up your eligibility. You can right. play. So that's just one of those weird little quirks of the transfer portal is entering your name into the transfer portal doesn't mean you've forfeited your current eligibility wherever you're at. Well, I guess it's just different for the McCall kid because everything that I'm seeing is that he's not coming back to Coastal Carolina. So that's why I'm saying that I just don't understand that if he's gone for sure. Well, and it certainly did not play out in a positive way. No, yeah, we got injured, yeah, the first half. And they got spanked. East Carolina uniforms was top-notch, by the way. That's my, that's my favorite uh, uni right there. In I did football. love the uh, – did you see the – East Carolina, like, old, early 2000s intro video making the rounds. Ah, I did not see that. With the CGI pirate ship and the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. It was great. It was so bad, it was beautiful. I love their QB, too, man. Big old dude, little left-handed, left-handed quarterback. (laughs) One of those guys who's just a football player right there. So, we've gotten off track a little bit here. My apologies for that. We are talking cheese it Bowl really all morning long want to continue to hear from you if you want to dial us up river riverwind jackpot line 405-329-9000 air comfort solutions text line 
405-651-3439. I think I have fallen guilty to the trap, Connor. And uh, I'm going to read this next text. Let's hit a break. Let's come back and let's dissect it in full. This is from the 918. Appreciate this. All the people that's talking this nonsense about the game, it doesn't matter, have lost their minds. If you're a competitor, you want to play your hardest and win every game, period. Okay, let that simmer, and let's discuss it next. Why have we gotten to this point to where I am talking with you about the, the importance or lack thereof for this Cheez-It Bowl? We will share it with you next, and uh, in the uh, honor of Bill O'Reilly, we will do it live. Coming up next right here, it's the Home of Sooner Fans Plank Show. Back with you right after this. Van Hoos Fence presenting our number one of the Plank Show. That's what we call this, by the way, ladies and gents. No Chris Plank this morning. He is, where? where is he? He's en route. He's en route to the Cheez-It Bowl. Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Give them a call to get yourself set up. Spring, sneaking up, right around the corner. Need that, uh, well, you always need the brand new fence, right? You need need a quality fence, especially uh, any of you dog owners out there, then uh, definitely you need need the nice up-to-date fence, but you just need you need a nice fence in general, right? Keep uh, keep the uh, keep the neighbors away, right? <laughs> keep all the strangers out. Uh, for presentability, you need the nice fence. 405-735-1167 Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. They'll get you squared away and taken care of. So, leapt to the break having read this text all the people that's talking this nonsense connor about the game doesn't matter they've lost their dang minds if you're a competitor you want to play your hardest and win every game period so really for me to even hop on the airwaves and i'm guilty of this this is the trickle down effect at work at play of opt-outs it is, is it not? Because the bowl games doesn't matter crowd, and I don't know, you people tell me. You people! You people tell me. Ten years ago, I'm sure that there was still a loud chorus of, ah, who cares, it's a bowl game, it doesn't matter. But uh, I don't think it was as loud, right? I don't think it was as, honestly, entertained. I think that, sort of generally speaking, we, we put more into winning winning or losing a bowl game and is it going to carry over to the next season then all of a sudden you enter this era where the Christian McCaffreys of the world and everybody else start opting out of bowl games and pretty soon well frankly some of them don't matter don't matter as much Connor but that's not the case this year and even if there were opt-outs it should matter, right? And I don't want to fall into the trap of uh, being the individual that's guilty of not taking a game seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's a new thing of college football. If you go back like 10 years ago, you had guys who would be projected in the first round uh, opting out, which made sense. But now, Josh, you have guys who may get drafted late, and they still opt out. They still want to wait and get to the see if they can get to a combine, show their skills, but it just I just hate seeing guys do this and not the game should matter. I mean, like I just said, you're playing a top 15 team. If you're a guy that's 
a little underrated, won't be drafted high right now. You got a chance to up your draft stock right there going up at really good uh, Florida State team. We should celebrate players that want to play in these games too, right? We spend so much time talking about this player or that player opted out and why aren't they playing. What about the guys that have made the decision to play in the game, Connor? Yeah, I mean, that says a lot about those guys. They fought hard all season long, and they still want to be with the team. They still want to end the season with the win. So, yes, you should honor those type of players, especially, yeah, juniors and seniors that put their heart and soul for Oklahoma, and they're not in the spot they wanted to be playing in the cheez Bowl, but they're still taken seriously, and they still want to play. Well, and, again, I do come from the camp, from the – belief system that it matters right every game to some degree matters now again I opened off the top and told you I'm not going to sit here for three hours and try and sell you on the idea that this is make or break for Oklahoma but I do like living in that neighborhood in that universe that hey let's not just chalk it up like the game doesn't matter hour two cheese it bowl eve baby plank show Josh Elmer Connor Pasby back next